I always knew I'd have kids. I just never intended to become a mother. I'm Dr. Lee Birch, and this is the Rockstar Parent Podcast. I'm a chiropractor, educator, life coach, and mom, although not necessarily in that order. Everyone has their own journey into motherhood. This podcast is devoted to telling my story and sharing what I've found to be successful along the way. Episode 26, How to Transition with Intention Even Though You Wish You Never Had to Transition at All. I knew it was going to happen. It had happened to all my mom friends already. I thought I was prepared. I already had my response ready. My oldest was four years old at this point, and I was just waiting. What was I waiting for, you ask? It's that moment where your kid looks at you in frustration and probably some anger and yells, I hate you. I wish you weren't my mom. I had read the parenting books. They all said that when it happens, to respond to it with love, kindness, empathy, understanding, and calm. And I told you, I was prepared. I knew what I was going to say, which incidentally turned out to be significantly different than what I wanted to say when the moment actually came. I was going to say something like, I can see you are angry at me. I want to understand why. Or maybe I was going to say something like, I know you're feeling frustrated right now. And since I'm someone who tries to never let a potential teaching moment pass me by, I was going to follow up the validation part with, that language hurts my feelings. And let's brainstorm some other ways to tell someone that you're angry with them. See, you get it. I was ready, right? Well, then it actually happened. We were driving in the car, and I can't even remember what exactly led up to it. My oldest wanted to do something, I told him no, and it escalated. He got frustrated, and then there it was. He said it, and it was hanging in the air. Now, I'm a planner by nature. I do like to think through things ahead of time, set schedules, create lists, and also have a few contingencies in place. But wow, what I was not prepared for was the flood of emotions that would surge inside of me when that little human I had sacrificed literally everything for was yelling that he wished he had another mom. The fact that he was four should have clued me in that perhaps he wasn't yet capable of expressing what was actually happening inside of him in less offensive ways. But even with all of that and all of the planning, I got sucked into the emotion of the moment. Now, in general, I am not a yeller, but I am a professional level silent treatment person. 
and the accompanying facial expressions that go with my silent treatment leave no doubt in anyone's mind that mom is not happy. So silent treatment is exactly what I did in that moment. I went dark, completely silent. I didn't say anything for the rest of the drive home. Now, I'm not trying to go back in time and judge myself for how I handled this situation and probably a lot of others that would arrive over the years of raising kids because in my silence, I actually stumbled upon a tool that I believe is very valuable for parents as they guide their kids through life. Let's just generalize the scenario that happened and also make it more applicable to a broad range of kids' ages. So the bottom line is your kid wants to do something, go somewhere, get something, and you don't want them to. Plain and simple. And this happens at every age as your kids grow and develop from age four to 14 and even when they're 24. They want to hear a yes from you, but you say no. They get frustrated, you dig in, and then they say something that is rude or hurtful or offensive in their state of frustration. You know, at four years old, it was, I hate you and I wish I had a different mom. At 14, it was, you never let me do anything I want, you're ruining my life. And at 24, well, let's just say at 24, they aren't actually asking your permission to do anything anymore. It's more they're just doing you the courtesy of telling. And I'm still right in the middle of this one, so wish me luck on that. But back to the moment in the car. When I withdrew and became silent, you know, in the moment, even with all of the preparation, my emotions got the better of me. The words I prepared were still there in my head. But there was no way I even wanted to say them. And here's what I discovered. In every interaction between two people, someone needs to be the grown-up. Ideally, it's the grown-up that's the grown-up. But sometimes, even grown-ups get sucked into the emotion of the moment and don't handle the situation as elegantly as they'd like either. I've said it before, in one of those, you never let me do anything conversations with a teenager, something like, yeah, too bad you got stuck with me as your mom. And I may have followed it up with an, so if you want to be mad at someone, be mad at God, because he's the one who put you with me anyway. Not some of my finest moments. And that's the point. We all have them. We all have those not our finest moment moments. Our kids have them. We as parents have them. The question is, what do we do right after we have those not our finest moment moments? And what we do next, what we say next, will make all the difference in how the situation resolves. Because it's about transitioning. Somehow, we need to get from an uncomfortable, unpleasant, potentially unhealthy space into a comfortable, pleasant, and healthy place. When I was a kid and we were outside playing a game with friends, there was always this thing called a do-over. Do you remember it? So say we're playing kickball in our cul-de-sac where I grew up 
One person kicked a perfect grounder that bounced and raced toward first base. First base was always the neighbor's driveway, right by the point where the cement reached the grass. Now, the first base player would retrieve the grounder and race with the runner toward first. It would be close and a disagreement might ensue about whether the runner was out or safe. And if it was that close, a third person would call out, do over, and the disagreement ended. The person who kicked the ball goes back to home plate. Everyone in the field resets and they do the play over like it never happened. In kickball, you hope for a different scenario the next time, and you kind of have to impose a limit to the number of do-overs you get per play. But in life, in relationships, you got to be flexible with this one. Now, please don't misunderstand the level of disagreements or the topic I'm referring to here when I talk about calling for do-overs. I'm talking about your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill frustrations that come up in families between parents and their kids, or even between siblings. There are things that happen in relationships that have deeper and far more reaching consequences, and I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about trauma. That's a completely different conversation. I'm talking about the little things that crop up because we're tired, or hungry, or frustrated that we didn't get our way and because we don't let our kids do every single thing they want to do. It's those conversations. And this concept of the do-over can be so powerful in these situations. You know, there's no rule that says you can't hit the pause button in the middle of an escalating conversation and edit yourself. Allow your kid the opportunity to edit themselves and do the moment over. Your intention is to transition past the clumsy handling of a situation because you were wrapped up in the emotion of the moment and then practice doing it more elegantly, more eloquently the next time. Transition with the intention of handling it better the next time. You know, I'm not sure if practice ever made anyone or anything perfect but it definitely does help. There are many ways you can say, let's hit the pause button here and do this conversation over. You just have to be aware enough to do it. You can't get sucked in. You have to commit yourself to be the grown up. And I'm not saying it's easy. We as parents might need some practice at it too. But think about how the outcome changes. Our kids say, I hate you. I wish you weren't my mom. And we, understanding their words are a clue that they're frustrated, respond with empathy, de-escalating the situation, explaining and validating their frustration and that we understand it, and offering our kids the opportunity to express themselves again in a way that isn't hurtful this time. I have had a kid tell me that they don't need a do-over and they are actually really very upset with me and they want me to know it. But I've never had them use the word hate multiple times in their do-overs. They pick a different, less strong word each time. And in that case, they get a third do-over and let them practice how to express their frustration 
in a space that is safe for them to do so with you. You know, this conversation isn't about not being frustrated. We all get frustrated. Life is frustrating at times. It's about guiding our kids to express their frustration in ways that allow them to feel heard and understood and in ways that don't hurt others in the process. Like I said, there are a lot of ways to actually say the words, but the gist of the concept is that you can see they're frustrated. You let them know the way they handled their frustration was hurtful or inappropriate. You love them. And because you love them, you are willing to give them the opportunity to handle their frustration in a more acceptable and more effective way. And finally, you're willing to help them problem solve their way through it. Now, how do we as parents do this? How do we not get sucked in? We have to train ourselves to hit the pause button too, and to recognize our own humanity. You know, when someone is yelling at us or we perceive someone is attacking us, our natural reaction is to defend ourselves. It's instinct. Well, we need to practice recognizing what that feels like inside of ourselves and then be able to interrupt the cycle with a pause of our own. Some parents use a technique such as taking a deep breath as an interrupter or their pause button. Some parents decide to put a two to three second wait time in between when their kid stops talking and they as the parent begin saying something. Some parents say, hey, you know what? I need a minute to process what you just said and gather my thoughts. Can we regroup in a few minutes? Whatever we do, we need to program ourselves to rise out of the emotions of the moment and transition with intention past the moment. Now, I don't recommend that you lead with this the first time you try to transition with intention, but once the stage is set and your kids understand the process, you could actually simply use the phrase, it's time for a do-over as the interrupter. And it can be a powerful and quick way to interrupt that cycle for both you and your kids. Now, I'd like to transition to another topic that might not seem like it's related at all, but the skill of transitioning with intention is so helpful to parents in other ways as well. Here's an example. I remember when my kids were little and we might be at the playground with friends or maybe they were at a play date at someone else's house and I came to pick them up. You know, as soon as they saw me, they would run over, throw their arms around my neck and give me a huge hug. It's like I had been gone for forever and they were so happy to see me again. At some point, those greetings transitioned into a more casual wave, like in the pickup line at the elementary school. They saw us looking at them while they're standing there waiting, surrounded by their friends, and a wave acknowledges you're there, just not in the jump up and down and forget themselves kind of way it used to be. And I also remember the day I was at the junior high. My oldest was in seventh grade at the time, and I, eager to help out at the school, volunteered to be one of the parents who monitor the cafeteria at lunchtime. 
We were there to be a friendly face and remind kids to clean up after themselves when they were finished eating. Now, honestly, I'd actually had a very bad experience volunteering in the cafeteria at the elementary school and consequently had steered clear of that assignment for years. But I was fairly confident junior high school kids didn't need help opening their fruit snacks after using their teeth and had been unsuccessful at that or they didn't need help getting the straw into their juice box anymore. So I decided it could be time to try again. Well, the first day on the job at the cafeteria, I caught a glimpse of my oldest son during his lunch period. He was walking toward a table to sit down and eat lunch with his friends. Mid stride, he saw me and he gave me the almost imperceptible head nod. Now, you know the one, right? It is the universal sign for Hey, I see you. Now, I also understand that there's a difference between the upward head nod and the downward head nod, but either way for our purposes, the unspoken rule once you get the head nod is that no further verbal exchange is needed. Everything a person wants to say is communicated through that gesture. And when it happened that day in the junior high cafeteria, I actually asked myself if I had maybe imagined it. Maybe he hadn't seen me because if he had, surely he would walk over and say hello, right? I asked the other mom who was there next to me volunteering. She had a kid in eighth grade, so she definitely had more experience than me on this topic. Well, she laughed and she reassured me that I probably, in fact, had just gotten the head nod and it was all good. But deep inside, I knew we had just moved into a new phase of parenting. I remember when all three of my kids were potty trained and we could go places without an official diaper bag, it was a new phase. Now I had loved the baby phase, but this new non-diaper bag phase was gonna be really good too. And I remember the first vacation we took when every child could carry their own stuff around. I mean, I had loved the toddler and preschool phases, but this new one, this was going to be good too. And now I had just experienced my first head nod. I had loved the run up and smother me with hugs phase. And I had liked the wave phase, but this, this was the first time I questioned whether this new phase was going to be good too. To me, it felt like the baby through preschool years went by fairly slowly, but the more years that went by, the faster they seemed to go. By the time my oldest was graduating from high school, it seemed like it was just the blink of an eye, and then we were at the graduation of my youngest four years later. It's weird how that happened, and for me, it all started with that first head nod. Now, no one has their first kid thinking that, oh, my kids are going to stay with me forever. I mean, we know they grow up and eventually leave home. But I think especially in those early years, we choose not to think about it. We tell ourselves it is a long, long, long way off. And we can live in that happy place for quite a while. But then you get a head nod and denial is no longer an option. We become aware of time passing. 
And now it kind of feels like it's not just passing, but marching. And we don't like it. I will admit, the shower is the place where I ugly cry about all things relating to motherhood. It seems like that's the place where the guilt would hit me or the fatigue would hit me. The anniversaries of milestones, all reminders that time never stops marching on, would hit me. The morning we left for the airport to take my oldest to college, really big, ugly cry day. And I'm completely unapologetic for ugly crying in the shower on days like that, because transitions are hard. But I will tell you my secret for being able to accept transition when it comes to my kids. And this is the same concept of transitioning with intention that we talked about with the frustration. Remember, transitioning means we need to get from an uncomfortable, unpleasant, potentially unhealthy space into a comfortable, pleasant, healthy place. Doing it with intention in this scenario is acknowledging the beauty you found in the phase that is ending and opening yourself up to the beauty that exists and that you can discover in the phase that is beginning. Again, easier said than done. But transitioning with that intention as my kids have grown is how I maintain my sanity, my happiness, and find peace. This means you have to enjoy the moment in the moment. You have to live in the fatigue of the baby phase, live in the craziness of the preschool and elementary school phases and the insanity of the teenage phase. So you transition into the world of having adult kids with intention instead of regret, with an openness that this stage is also fulfilling and wonderful, even though it's completely different just as every stage before has been. When we practice this concept of transitioning with intention in all aspects of parenting, the parenting becomes so much easier. I also still highly recommend the ugly cry as well, because there's something very cathartic about letting go of all the things that weigh you down so you can direct your energy and intention towards savoring the rest of it. That's the good stuff. You know what else is the good stuff? Being a parent who knows that you taught your kids a valuable skill, how to communicate frustration in a positive way. You know that they know how to recognize and articulate their needs in effective ways, which has a tendency to decrease frustration in life overall. And you know that you created a climate in your home where you modeled what good communication looks like and feels like. And that's a gift that will continue to serve your kids through their adulthood and as they transition into parenthood as well. And in the end, what I know is that kid, the one who in frustration as a four-year-old told me he hated me, and then years later had nodded me in the junior high cafeteria, well, I know that I love him fiercely. And I'm so grateful that because I learned how to transition with intention, both in my daily life as a parent and through the years as we move from one phase of development to another, that along with the occasional ugly cry in the shower, 
our home was also filled with a lot of peace. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rockstar Parent Podcast, please consider leaving a review and sharing the link with your friends. Remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast as well, so you'll be the first to get notified as soon as new episodes are published. I'm just a girl who was ready to start her family, so I got pregnant and had a baby. But what I learned as I raised my own kids, that is the secret to becoming the parent I dreamed I could be and is exactly what I'm sharing with you. Let's rock this parenting thing together. Thank you.